Hey, it's me, Sean, and I'm your host for this episode, and I'm so excited to get into this. This, uh, this episode's being recorded on October 4th, 2023, and beginning of October, so beginning of the last quarter of the year, this is business planning season, baby. And I know a lot of people hear that and they would think, well, Sean, what gives? Like, it's the beginning of the fourth quarter. We don't start the next year until the beginning of the next quarter. Like, we have three months. That's a long time. That's an entire quarter of the year. Why would we start planning now? And there's a couple really important reasons to this. So first of all, in business, in real estate especially, the things that you do tend to actually only deliver results to you about 90 days later. So if you go out and you start taking a high level of activity in your business, like you're just take, taking action everywhere, you're running around doing everything you can possibly do, you're gonna have to wait and continue doing that typically for about 90 days before you start to see things come out the other end of your funnel. So if you want to be on pace to get the results that you want next year, well, you're gonna to need to be on pace when you begin the year, not a quarter of the year in. So the beginning of the quarter leading into the year is a really ideal time to start doing the things you need to do to be on pace to get what you need out of next year. There's another really important reason as well, and that reason is that this stuff takes time. So if you wait until the end of the year, there might be questions that you didn't think about that take more work to answer. There might be work that you need to do now in order to have something ready for the beginning of the year so that you can use it next year. And so by starting early, we take the pressure off the process. We give ourselves an opportunity to plan and reflect and start getting our momentum up to where it needs to be so that we can actually get what we want out of next year in terms of results. So my intention is to take the next few weeks. I look at this and I say, this is so fun. We're right at the beginning of when we should start doing this. And let's use this time together. Let's talk ourselves through this. So over the next few episodes, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna share some of the, mo the models that I've used, the simple fundamental tools. This is not gonna be complicated. This is gonna be stuff that you can use to actually go and create a business plan for yourself. And if you're interested in attending a business planning seminar, uh, we'll be hosting some in the next few months. So watch out for an invite because I'm gonna be putting some of those out and you can actually jump in and spend a couple hours with me and my team will help you set your goals and understand how it all fits together. So watch out for that and grab the link below if you see one in this video or wherever you're watching this, we'd love to have you come join us. Okay, so I talk about some of the fundamental tools and the fundamental models of business planning. And I think one of the most important underlying foundations that you can have is actually a mindset piece. And this is something, if I can just have you walk away from this with one little piece, the, the thing that I want to give you is the gift of avoiding the dumbest mistake I made in the beginning of my career. In the beginning of my career, I, I, I had the wrong mindset in how I should approach this business. I was this creative kid. I loved coming up with new concepts. I loved trying new things. I was the project genius so I would always have something new we're going to do this and then this and it'll plug in like this and what happened was I had always something new that I was moving towards but I was never building something consistent and proven that I could scale on and frankly I wasn't open to other people's advice I thought I knew better so I would go and try new things and I was looking for that golden ticket that get rich quick scheme and what what resulted was my business was super bumpy like I spent the first five years 
riding this roller coaster where I do okay for a couple months and I try something new and I crash and then I get back to some basics and I build something up, but then I'd stop again to go look at something new. And it never turned into something that I felt like I could predictably rely on and, and, and grow. And it was frustrating. About five years in, I was, I was having you know, experiences where I'd be you know, like cash flow out the ears and I'd be doing great. And then three months later, I'd be broke wondering where my next paycheck was going to come from. And it wasn't a fun business to own. And so I, I finally sat down. I had this like come to Jesus conversation with myself where I said like, I need to smarten up. And at that moment, I became open to the idea of learning from others. I kind of just had this mindset shift where I said like, okay, apparently I am not the omnipotent oracle of real estate where I'm going to be able to completely solve all the problems and, you know, work less than anyone else and get all the stuff that I want. And instead, maybe I should look at some of the masters of the game. I should go find the people who are crushing it, who are doing it this, this at the highest level. And how about I just see what they're doing. I learn from them. Turns out a bunch of them had courses I could take. So this is the concept of modeling is, is at its simplest form, just taking your own creative genius out of it in the beginning and instead taking some time just to see what everyone else is doing and figure out what might work for you. Tony Robbins said it perfectly, I think. He said, if you want to be successful, find someone who has achieved the results that you want and model what they did and you'll get what they have. Just go find someone who's doing the things that it takes to be who you want to be, to get what you want to get. Do those things. Start by doing. And, and the first thing to that is that you actually need to change your mindset. You need to be open to this. And I wasn't at first and it cost me a lot. It cost me five years. I could have been so much further ahead. So what we want to do is we want to, instead of putting on our creative genius hat, we want to put on our explorer hat and we want to go look at other businesses, people who are performing at a high level. We want to think about what we want and we want to find a business that has what we want. And from there, what we want to do is we want to take a look at how they're getting it and we want to take that concept, that system, and build one to suit the business that we're creating. So I call this R&D. Rip off and duplicate, right? We're gonna look at other people's stuff. We're gonna say, that's pretty cool. I like the way you did that. I'm gonna give that a try. And I'm gonna see if it works for me. And this could be as simple as a model for how you use your time. We talk about time a lot, right? Like the, the way that you block things out from your calendar so you're not being interrupted, the way that you say yes to certain things and no to other things. It could be a model for how you predict the amount of business that you're gonna do every year. It could be a model for how you market yourself or generate leads in general to bring people towards you. So it, it can be very broad and conceptual and it can also be really detailed and specific. One thing that I wanna just say though, is that when people hear this, a lot of the time they might think that I'm saying to go and copy someone's stuff exactly. And I'm not. I'm not saying to go plagiarize your competition. I'm not saying to copy paste their blog posts in the chat GPT and say change the verbiage by 20%. That's not what modeling is. So I'll give you an example. Let's say for example that you had to deliver a speech, okay? You were gonna go deliver a speech. And so to prepare, you said, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go and download some speeches that were delivered by great presenters. 
and I'm going to copy it out. I'm going to memorize it and I'm going to say it as my speech. That's plagiarism. Okay. Now imagine that you had to deliver the same speech, but instead what you did was you went and you watched 20 different presentations and you made notes while you were watching about what the, the structure of the presentation was, how, how they started, how they opened, how they made it engaging. You took notes on maybe how they used storytelling or when they used dramatic pauses or how they pulled the audience in. So we, we walk away from this with a good idea of what they've done, how they did it, and what stood out to you as the most impactful. And then you use that to create a speech of your own that wasn't copied at all. It was your own content, it was your own stories, it was your own ideas, but you shared a format and a structure that you noticed a number of different people were using. That's modeling. That's what you wanna do. And this is something that we can use in any aspect of our business. If you notice that someone goes out and does you know two hours of networking every morning and then afterwards they come home and they send them a really nice email and in the email they find a way to deliver value and then after they do that they put in a phone call a few days later to follow up and offer any other assistance that they might need and they ask a few key questions well you're not plagiarizing them if you follow that same structure and this is what modeling is okay another great way to look at this is cooking I find that there's typically two types of cooks, right? If, if you love to cook, I love to cook. And when I cook, I'm one of those people who doesn't like to follow a recipe because for me, cooking's like a relaxing thing. I like to use it as a way to unwind at the end of the day. And I don't want to be dealing with a book. I don't want to be dealing with little spoons. I want to just be creative and enjoy it and, and get some food on the table. With that said, sometimes I want to try a new recipe. And so if I don't like following a recipe, well, how do I do it? Well, what I do is I go read five recipes. I go watch 30 YouTube videos. I notice all of the things that go into the recipe. Okay, they use these five ingredients. Here's the approximate proportions. Here's what goes in at what time and what the sequence looks like. So when I do it, I model what they did. I'm not gonna follow the exact recipe. I might have a little bit more carrot and a little bit less cauliflower, but in the end, it's gonna come out approximately the same. And it's something that I got to enjoy building myself. Here's a cool thing. I talked about how one of my mistakes was that early in my career, I was like constantly creative. I was always trying to come up with some new thing or, 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 you know, I had my new scheme and I had this like graveyard of dead ideas that I left in my wake and wasted money and time as well. But we won't dig in on that. It's too emotional. Um, but I, I still do love the creative process. It's part of why I love business planning season. In fact, in my business, I don't even plan for my, my, like my business planning sessions. I don't even do it once a year. I do it every quarter because I like to have it more often and smaller changes. And so what, what I'm saying is it's not bad to be creative. It's just that I was doing it in the wrong order. What I was doing is I was trying to build my foundation up on creativity. And what that causes is it caused a tremendous amount of instability. I was always trying something that I didn't know if it was going to work. Where's my benchmark that I can measure against? I'm just trying stuff. I'm throwing stuff at the wall, trying to figure out if anything's going to work. And I had no clue what was really possible because I'd never done the stuff that's tried, tested and true. So it's not bad to be creative, but you don't want to use that as a foundation for your business. Instead, what you want to do is you want to build your foundation using proven models. With that, what's going to eventually happen is you're going to get this model in place and you're going to get to start trying it. So let's say that you were doing the, the networking example. You do those five things 
and your friend who told you how to do it said, hey, yeah, if I do this, what I find is that for every 50 people I speak to, I put five in my database, and for every five I put in my database, within eight weeks I get a referral. Great, so I know exactly what I can expect. 55, um, whatever, eight and one. Okay, so cool. So if you do that, the first goal is to model it effectively enough that you at least match their results. So the first step is really simple. All you're gonna do is you're gonna try your best to follow exactly what they did until you get the exact same results. And if you're not getting the same results, you're missing something in the model. There's something that they told you that you didn't grasp correctly, or maybe you missed, or maybe they didn't tell you, and that's like their secret sauce, but you gotta go figure that out. So step one is you get to a baseline. What's gonna happen after that point is your baseline is like this ceiling that you've hit, and hopefully you wanna get better, right? The more that we can iterate, the more that we can get better, the, the less we have to work to get the same results or we can work the same amount and get more results. It's just a huge, huge opportunity. So what we need to start doing is we need to take what we've learned and we need to start testing it. So I know now that I'm getting the same results out of the 50 people. I put you know X number in and I get X number out. Great. Well, what if I tweak this one spot, because I noticed when I was at the networking meeting that if instead of asking for their card, I offered to text them my information, I got more contact info. So let's run that for a week and compare it with last week. So you go out this week and you make that one little change. A lot of the time people are tempted to change five things at once, but you can't do this because the point is that we want to iterate and measure. Iterate and measure. And if you're changing three things, well, you're not going to know during your measurement which one of the things was the one that worked. So all you're going to do is you're going to go into this never-ending cycle of making little iterative changes to your baseline to improve. Now, one of the things that you'll need to figure out is what the rhythm is. Are you doing this once a week? Are you doing this once a month? Are you making changes every quarter? And there's a couple things that you bear into mind. So let's say that you're using the networking example. It's probably going to be pretty easy. If you're going every week, I would start out by measuring it once a week. Make one change, measure it for the week, see what happened, start the next week, make one change, measure it. Whatever the better result was from option A or option B becomes the new standard and you, you choose something else and measure on that, right? So you're constantly tweaking one thing at a time and depending on which thing is the winner, that becomes the new baseline for you. Over time, you won't believe the difference you can make. The other thing that is going to probably happen is there's going to be over time the opportunity for you to kind of spread it out. So if you're starting out with a really short time frame and you're iterating and iterating and iterating, at a certain point you're going to get to the, to the level where this is actually working pretty well, right? And you might want to have a bigger sample size. If you're taking statistics off of like eight people that you spoke to, well, you know, if one of them was in a bad mood, that could really sway your numbers. So you want to take these experiments to a, as large of a sample size as you need that the information is going to be kind of relevant. So start small, build from there, just work out the kinks and then work towards having a large enough sample size that the information really makes sense. If you're trying a new campaign in your farm and you're sending out flyers, well chances are it's going to take at least, I don't know, five to ten deliveries of flyers before you can really tell if the messaging is making a difference. So don't expect that 
one message is going to make a huge difference in terms of what you're getting from this because it might just need to be a little bit bigger. You might need to get a couple of these out before you're able to really know what's going on. What's amazing though is the difference that this can make because this is where your business moves from growing based just on the activities that you do, like the blunt force that you're putting into it, to your knowledge, your skill set, your craft. And what's cool is that it, it gets exponential. So it's this compounding effect where if the first time that you do something, you're doing it at your baseline, that's great. But then if you improve something at the top of your funnel and you make the top of the funnel a little wider, you might get double the number of people that respond to it, okay? And if you get double the number of people who respond to it, you'll probably just translate that straight down and double your results. But then if at the next level, you add another 25% of people who take the next step or engage at the next level or sign up for you or buy the bonus material, if you do that, then the cool thing is, is that it bumps everything up again on the 50% that you already added. So you're getting, again, like this, this compounding effect that takes place where you can, over the course of several iterations at each little point in your entire process, you can make a huge difference. One of the things that we discovered was that if people who are brought into your world spend a little bit of extra time with you, for example, so imagine that you go to the networking meeting and you send them a business card in the mail. That's okay. You know, you're gonna, that's gonna help. But what we found is in the beginning of a relationship, if you give something that someone can enjoy that was created by you, that they feel like they've spent some time with you, like for example, a personal video that maybe tells them a little bit about your story and you as a person and why you're passionate and what you do, if they consume that, they get so much more invested in their relationship with you. So a little tweak like that could absolutely make the difference between 10% of the people that you follow up with wanting to work with you in the future or 30% because they now feel like they're in a relationship with you but it didn't actually take you any time other than when you first made the video or wrote the blog or whatever it is that you did to, to make them feel connected to you. So think about all the little things that you could build into every part of your business, not just your, your business pipeline, but the way that you convert people, the way that you ask for referrals, the way that you reward referrals, the way that you care for people throughout a transaction. There are so many cool little places that you can take these models you've created, these systems, these things that you do in a repetitive way that you know are benchmark and working and just find little things to tweak and measure. It's so cool. So as you're doing all this, you need to look forward. Here's the deal. Part of the reason that I love doing my business plan four times a year is it allows me to constantly step back from my business and look at all of the stuff that I'm doing. And one of the things that a lot of people when they're first starting to build miss is they only look at the immediate future. So one of the things that you need to do is you need to remember that what you're trying to work on right now, what you're trying to fix, what you're trying to build right now, these things are going to be immediate problems that you need to continue working on. And hopefully you will take these problems and you'll figure out how to fix them, not just for where you're at right now, but for where you're going. So imagine that you're talking about that networking thing and you're looking at the system for which they get the card and you follow up and you make the call and maybe you send them that personal video where they feel like they've gotten to know you a little bit. Well, if you're doing all this stuff, chances are the first time that you do it, 
you're gonna grab their email and drop it in and you're gonna send the handwritten note by yourself and you're gonna type the subject line, you're gonna write the message. Well, that works for one person. But what about if you did 20 of these a week? What if you do 2,000 of them a month? Now, a lot of people don't love the idea of building a machine. They like this bespoke kind of quality to their business where they feel like they care for everyone individually. And here's the thing, you can absolutely care for people on an individual basis while still delivering value to them at a higher level through using systems. So you can give them that extra little personal care, but if in the background you've got something chugging away that can give them a lot of value, it's gonna make a huge difference. And the problem is if you don't start to think about your business as something that's bigger than it is early in the game, you're gonna constantly be rebuilding the systems that you have to fit the new and bigger business that you found yourself growing into a year or two years or five years or 10 years from now. Think about it like driving down the highway. If you want to drive down the highway and you're looking 10 feet in front of your car, you're constantly gonna be bumping off the sides of your lane. You're gonna be struggling to keep it centered. And at the same time, if you look a couple hundred yards or, or maybe a half a kilometer or a mile or whatever down the road, you're gonna have a much smoother ride because you're aiming more towards where you're going. And it might seem crazy to say that you should build a system to put 2,000 people into your database every month right now, but over time, you'll probably surprise yourself what's possible with your business. And wouldn't it be nice if you could build your business on tools and systems that were ready for that? Not to mention, if you take just a little bit of extra time and put the, the effort and have the foresight for what these tasks, these everyday things that go into what you're doing would need to look like if you were to do four, five, six X times the business or 10 X the business, well, they're gonna work right now. They're just gonna work better. And it's not gonna take that much extra time. You just gotta slow down and say, okay, well, hold on. I don't wanna copy and paste this each time. What could I build or in implement now that would make this automatic? You'll be amazed how much time you'll save in the long run if you slow down a little bit up front. And you might be saying, you know, Sean, that's great for you, but I don't wanna take over the world. I like my little business. After all, I'm just a couple, a couple years from retirement. Here's the cool thing, okay? First of all, you might surprise yourself. So the first thing that I'll say is, if you don't think you want to grow something huge, that's fine. But wouldn't it be nice as you grow not to have those growing pains we were just talking about? So why not give yourself the benefit of the doubt that it might just happen because you're awesome? The other thing is that oftentimes people might come up a little shy from their goal. So if your goal is to get what you need and you come up a little shy, that means you're gonna have less than what you need. Whereas if your goal is to do quite a bit more than the minimum necessary and you go for it, but you miss, you'll probably still end up getting what you need. Wouldn't that be a better place to be? There's one more really important reason that you should build a foundation and models for a business that's bigger than yours. And that's that you don't know who's gonna come into your world. So your business might end up bigger than you think it is or, or you think it might be. And along the way, that's probably gonna happen because some other people were there helping you, cheerleading you along. And wouldn't it be nice to have something you could give back to those people? Take the example of someone who was thinking about retirement soon. They're like, okay, Sean, I don't wanna build something huge. I'm retiring in five years. Well, 
Who doesn't want to have a bit of a legacy? If your business is thriving and you're doing great, why wouldn't you invite someone in to help you do even better and then maybe have something that you could give to them that could continue to grow in your absence? You'd be able to work out a great arrangement so that you had some cash flow after you retired. They'd have something to springboard on and you'd have a legacy to look back on. You know, the last thing that I'll say on this is even if you don't think that you need more, there's things you could do that would benefit other people and benefit the world if you had more. So think about that person coming into your business. Well, they're gonna want to be part of whatever you're building if whatever you're building can grow big enough for them to get all of the things that they want in their world within the world you're creating. But even more importantly, let's just talk about money for a second. One of my favorite um, comments that a friend of mine said to me was that people who say that money doesn't buy happiness usually are people who haven't given enough money away. So, I don't know, if you're able to, if you can create this kind of experience, this world for yourself, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you do it? And even if you don't want all that stuff, just use it as an opportunity to give back. The way that you're gonna get there is through starting with a proven foundation by having some models in place that you can build on. And over time, working relentlessly to slowly and never-endingly improve them. It's a constant and never-ending cycle that you just put yourself into where over time, you get to be the best that you can be through building a support structure around yourself that is the best it can be. And that's what modeling is. I hope that you got something from this. I hope at the very least that you might open your mindset to the idea that there are simple proven techniques, models, and systems that you can implement in your business. If you don't know what they look like and you want to implement one of them, reach out to us. We know a lot of this stuff. This is what we do. We help people build this stuff. And if you want to join one of our business planning clinics, reach out to us. We'll make sure that we let you know when the next one is. We'll help you put the, the plan in place so you know what the next five steps are down the road and you're not constantly swerving on the highway. As always, I appreciate you taking the time to listen. I appreciate you being with me. And I'm looking forward to taking the next few episodes this month and sharing some of the foundational planning tools that I use so that I always have clarity on what I should be doing, how it fits together, and what I should say no to. Thanks for your time. We'll see you soon.